from Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com, it's The Relevant Podcast. It's the week of June 10th, 2011, and this is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios is the very lovely Maya Strang. Hello, everyone. Uh, equally lovely. Thank you. Uh, Ryan Ham. Hey, everyone. Also, is, is this June 10th podcast? This is the Friday, June 10th. This is my birthday podcast. It is your birthday oh, edition. Wow. That's why we're having yeah. you sit in. Yeah. And it's two weeks from your marriage day. It's two, two weeks from my marriage day. This yeah. is a big, this is a monumental podcast for you. It's true. A fortnight pre-marriage. <laughs> <laughs> when you look back at your life, this is going to be one of those uh, moments that you remember. That, like, you want to like put this episode in a time capsule and bury it in your backyard. A linchpin of ham history. <laughs> a linchpin of ham. Ironically, we have a large platter in front of us. Um, how, how many birthdays have you? Well, I guess it's mostly been family birthdays, so it wouldn't apply. But I was going to say, how many people have gotten you ham-related things for your birthday? Um, do your parents make no that one? joke a lot? No. <laughs> I guess it's do, their fault. Do people take you to Honey Baked Ham for no, your birthday lunch? I've, I've never gotten any ham for my birthday. Well, that, that, well, that will end this year. That needs to start. <laughs> I'm making ham cupcakes. When you look back at your life, you're going to remember this birthday is the birthday when you started getting all the ham every year. Like, when did, why? A good wedding gift. The year you OD'd on ham. Just, yeah, I guess, a, you know, a wedding gift, you could just give me a huge ham. Mm-hmm. As long as Your long subscription to that honey baked ham. Yeah, as long as it's spiral cut and smoked, it's delicious. You're good to go. Yeah. All right. Uh, Do you uh, like pineapples on your ham? On the, on the Skype line from uh, Loverland, Virginia, <laughs> Jesse Carey. Hello. And our illustrious producer sitting in the room with us still. Kind of freaking me out. Chad Michael Snavely. I'm trying not to look at you as much this week. Yeah. Well, I sense you in my peripheral vision. That's that's what's kind of freaking me out. Now, so, would you but, call it more of a stare or a gaze? Well, I can't tell. I try to avert my eyes. But I sense him looming. And so I don't I don't know what he's looking at. And that's what makes me tense. See, because I think I think a gaze is actually more uh, disturbing than a stare. Agreed. You know, because if someone's staring at you, you're like, okay, obviously, you can I give got, it back. I got a weird hair thing going back, or they <laughs> okay. want a piece of this. That's cool. You know, a gaze, you don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, you could be a psycho. <laughs> you, you put a lot of thought into this. Um, we have a great podcast lined up today. We have an interview with uh, author and speaker Francis Chan coming up later. We also have a music spotlight uh, talking to a great artist, Sunlux, coming up. So stay tuned for that. But up first, your entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, June 14th. Not that many selections. Just Owl City with uh, all the all things bright and beautiful. And no one wanted to compete with them. That's all that's coming out. That's it. At least that's all that's on my paper. <laughs> that's all that Chad showed. Everything else was explicit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Chad just mentioned, we have an interview with uh, Owl City coming up on the podcast next week. Yeah. So, so stay tuned for that. Or, or tune back in. Don't yeah. keep listening all yeah, the yeah. way through. That would, yeah. that would be you got to do other stuff with your week. I'm guessing it's very twee. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought you were going to talk about the next week's podcast. No. It's going to be a bubblegum so, pop podcast. <laughs> so is he performing or just interviewing? 
He might perform during the interview. I don't know. He might just because, bust out Because song. performing for like Al City, it seems like he would just like, here, put it in this CD and I'll sing to it. <laughs> it's like church special music. Yeah, it's like it's like if you've ever been to like uh, like a, a hip-hop concert at a church. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Not all hip-hop concerts at churches are like that. Some yeah. of them are like legit. But you ever been to one where the guy walks up there and tells the sound guy to play a CD? Play track yeah. three. Track three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, was, actually, move to track six, and then it starts. <laughs> um, try seven. That's not it. <laughs> okay, this is the one. I, I'll just do it from here. Just play this. Whatever. It's like an Ashley Simpson uh, yeah. performance on SNL. Yeah, whatever, man. Just have the check ready for me. <laughs> My parents and are I'm going to need some of that pizza on the way out, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It better not all be gone. Oh. My parents did special music all the time when I was a kid, so I'm very familiar with. Do you remember split track tapes? I do, of course, very, very yeah. well. And those, like, I had an old boombox with like the balance button, and so you like, I would always test to see if it was split track, because then I could sing along. If my my mom did a lot of the special music uh, at church, and so we would always go down to Long's Christian Music Store. Mm-hmm. Uh, where she would buy, they had a whole big section for the split tracks, you know, and so she'd spend a lot of time there <laughs> listening to them and finding the right moving selection. Yeah. So little eight-year-old Cameron was over in the Christian hip-hop section <laughs> where I bought Plain White Rapper. Uh, does anybody remember him? <laughs> Plain White Rapper. I, these are all cassette singles uh, wow. from, from like 87, 88, 86. <laughs> wow. Yeah. My favorite was always when the, like in the first side of the cassette, the song would be in the key of G and on the back side it was in B flat. But the person, you know, the, the sound man who was always incompetent at my church never would put on the right side and the person singing would never know until the chorus <laughs> <laughs> and then it just got really awkward oh that's funny Cameron you'll appreciate this story uh, I don't know if it, if he ever did it when you were at ORU but Richard Roberts who is or Roberts was the president of the and this was right at the height uh, of just before the scandal broke so Anyway, he he Wait, what's, was. What's, I hate to ask this. Which scandal? <laughs> yeah. No, the, for real. The one that eventually led to his departure. Okay, so you're talking like the one like three years ago. Yeah. And, and so, it, so okay, this is but hold on, hold on. This so people aren't thinking ball. like he had prostitutes. This the he was removed over financial accusations, yeah. uh, mismanagement of university funds. No, no prostitute, just a jet. Least, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. That's correct. Okay, so, I'm just trying so, to get the so, context because so there were other the day, scandals <laughs> in the history of ORU. I just want to make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so that's the and uh, yeah, it's nothing super shady. But anyway, back in the day, he he fashioned himself like a variety show uh, kind of you know pseudo Christian celebrity, <laughs> and he had he performed this song called "Dare to Be a Daniel." All right. Oh, I remember it, that song. Yeah, it is like a super cheesy, like country ish song. <laughs> and so, I about once a year he would sing it on stage. <laughs> but the, the the sound guy would play it from the back, and he would sing to it. And and the students loved it, ironically. You know. <laughs> and one day he came up to give a really serious message. Okay. <laughs> and someone yells, "Dare to be a dad!" <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes in, two minutes into this really serious message, and he stops. He's the president of a university, as well as an evangelist and variety show singer. So, you know, 
So he he <laughs> he he stops and, and just kind of glares like, okay. So he starts talking again. All of a sudden, another person goes, dare to be a Daniel! <laughs> He's visibly frustrated, okay? All of a sudden, people start chanting, Daniel, Daniel. <laughs> the sound guy, without even like Richard's, you know, acknowledgement, just starts playing the song. <laughs> he proceeds to sing the most frustrated version of that song. And if you've heard the song, imagine someone really angry and frustrated singing it. Because at this point, he has no choice. You know, the song is playing over the PA, and all the students are cheering. <laughs> There were people crowd surfing. <laughs> but the crowd surfing was a normal occurrence when you were there. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, but uh, most of the time, again, it was ironically. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Wow. The, the, in, in many ways, and I love ORU. You know, I, I was excited to see their run in the NCAA, you know, you know, couple games out of the College World Series. I had a great time there. I, I know a lot of people there. But in many ways, some of the chapel services had come off the rails <laughs> <laughs> while I was there. But you were the cause of some of those rails. I, I mean... ran on stage one time <laughs> with a sign. <laughs> what was the sign? It, it was something related to Dare to be a Daniel. <laughs> I, think, I think there's a line in there about being in the lion's den, and I had something about a lion on the poster. I ran across stage. Oh and, my uh, gosh. Yeah. But like I said, in many ways, it, they, they tended to come off the rails. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, but but if, if you want to really get a funny picture, listen to that song, and, and, and it's, it's a lot funnier. I'm sure we can find it on the web. We'll, oh, we'll play sure. it. All right. Okay, so um, movies coming out Friday, June 17th. The Green Lantern, starring Ryan Reynolds. Mm. Looks terrible. What? Uh, I'm, anything that's 90% CG, I'm, I'm excited. Into. Really, are you? Well, it's only because I. That's like the comic book that I've actually read. Oh, really? Yeah. And the story's really good. I used to like and Ryan Reynolds. You're just Reynolds. really into Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, and I'm just a huge <laughs> Ryan Reynolds fan. And Blake Lively. I just love her work on Gossip Girl. I liked I liked him more when he was <laughs> on Two Guys a Girl. Now, you know. Two Guys a Girl in a Pizza Place. I remember that. I had a crush on the girl in that show. I did too. Oh, yeah. I like that show. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's uh, that's, <laughs> that's that story. Mr. Po- also coming out, Mr. Popper's Penguins. Now that looks awful. That looks like the worst movie ever. It's for kids. It's for even seven for year kids. Olds. It looks I saw horrible. It, I saw it in the theater, and I, like the first thing was like a groin shot from Jim Carrey, and I was just like, <laughs> really? But seven-year-old boys think that's how they're yes. That's when I read the book when I was a kid. Yeah. One of the designers here and I went to go see X-Men the other night, and as soon as that preview ended, he just leaned over and said, Jim Carrey must need money. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Um, Okay, well, that'll do it for entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. Cool off this summer with the May-June issue of Relevant, covering the sizzling rock duo The Kills. You won't want to miss this issue or the free music that comes with it. Subscribe to Relevant now and get four exclusive albums from the Relevant Studio Collection featuring artists like Shad, Fantagram, The Low Anthem, and Audrey Assad. You'll receive 50 songs and six issues over the next year for only $14.95. Subscribe at relevantmagazine.com exclusive.
You're listening to Givers. The song is up, Not Takers. Up, up, up. It's a great new album. Is it? It's really good. Cool. Check it out. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Coldplay with the song Every Teardrop is a Waterfall. I thought, Chad, you said that it sucks. I don't it, really like it. It's, I played it for my wife and she just said, seriously? That's horrible. It's a, I it's I a brand like new it. single. It is a brand new single. I kind of like it. Do you like it? Yeah. Maybe uh, it needs to grow on me. <laughs> the lyrics are atrocious, but that's nothing new for Coldplay. Ryan, true. every teardrop is a waterfall <laughs> <No>. oh, you <laughs> should read of the, emotion. The lyrics are terrible. Like, oh. Yeah, it's pretty cheesy. Yeah. I, I think I have the same feeling about every Coldplay song I've ever heard. Complete indifference. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah, their... It's not bad. I not love great. their... Uh, I'm pretty indifferent. Concert. Yeah, yeah, that was great. The concert's really years ago. cool. Yeah, he's one of the most impressive performers. You're about two hours into their show, realizing how is he physically doing yeah. this, running and singing and jumping and it's crazy. I couldn't do just the physical parts of what he's doing, let alone singing at the top of my lungs the whole time. It was he appears to be very rubbery on stage. <laughs> yes, that's, that's the secret. <laughs> okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? Okay, well, this one I got to credit um, a, a podcast listener who posted this on uh, my Facebook page, but also it was on the front page of CNN.com. So it kind of goes into our Onion headline versus CNN headline thing. Mm-hmm. And the headline, and you can, if you want to watch this video for yourself, for some reason it's in the breaking news section, <laughs> in the video section of CNN. Man rides high wheeler to work. Hmm. And it is a video story about a man that rides a penny farthing bike to work every day. <laughs> and it takes him over an hour. Each <laughs> way. And but but you should see it's really funny. He <laughs> the guy has like he's got like a really sweet like soul patch going and he, he wears like the spandex bike suit. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. you, you would expect him to be kind of decked out in the old timey gear. He's wearing the spandex bike suit, like a real deal helmet, and he is hauling. <laughs> like I always pictured the penny farthing as more of a leisurely ride, right? Not this guy. Not when you have an hour to go just to try to get to work. Um, but yeah, it's on CNN. He's outfitted it with some custom pedals and brakes. I think he said he paid like 400 bucks at a pawn shop. And they asked him, well, why did you buy this instead of a regular bike? And he didn't really have an answer for it. <laughs> so he's not, he doesn't think it's funny. He's not doing it to get attention because he thinks no, it's no. Ironic. Well, he said he loves it when people wave at him and, and yell oh, like nice okay. bike and things. Okay. You know, but, people but say- he didn't really have a particular, it wasn't like he was some penny farther enthusiast beforehand. <laughs> wow. He just decided to do it one day and just has ridden to work every day since. See, I think he, I would pack, see your description of him is what threw me off. I would have thought he'd be wearing like a tweed three piece suit. Mm -hmm. He'd had a pocket watch. Well, that's the thing. That's what, when I first clicked, I was like, oh, this guy is going to be really funny. But no, he is decked out. Like you would think he's on the postal service team with Lance (laughs) Um, and he's really, and like I said, a pity farther you expect a guy to just be kind of weaving in and out of traffic and lanes real haphazardly and carefree. Uh, but he is hauling on this thing, <laughs> but, but for some reason, CNN decided that that was national news, <laughs> even, even though he lives in Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy Canadians. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's not even that's not even regular news, much less national news in Ontario. <laughs> you see, you see recu- weird recumbent bikes and things like that up there all the time. I assume. <laughs> yeah, that's just normal. That's everyday life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. What do you have, Brian? Um. All right. So we're 
weirdly getting back into election season already. Um, it's well, not weird. It, it, it happens. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I mean, I know. It just seems like we just had one. But I mean, it always that just means you're getting older. It always feels like that, though. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and the cycle is getting longer. Right. That's what I was going to say. I feel like I feel like the, the I mean, we had a de- like there was already a Republican debate. Like, I feel like that's earlier than there's ever been one. And like they're moving up the Iowa caucus and everything's getting earlier. Anyway, um, that was my old man moment mm-hmm. complaining about the kids mm-hmm. these days. Yeah. Um, so uh, Christmas get, comes around every <laughs> year. So. <laughs> um, so the election's already heating up. Uh, you know, obviously on the Republican side, it's it's a little bit more undecided, and people haven't uh, figured out. I.e., there are no good candidates. I wasn't going to say that. Um, <laughs> hey, the, I mean, listen, uh, there, the Republicans need stronger candidates. Yeah, yeah just call a spade that's, a spade. That's not a secret. <laughs> I think their strongest... Conservatives are saying that. Their strongest candidate, I think, is that guy from Utah. But there's no way he's going to win because he was Obama's... Yeah, well, he was Obama's diplomat to China. R- Ryan, Donald Trump's from New York. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so uh, one person who has declared is former... Uh, U.S. Senator uh, Rick Santorum, right, uh, from Pennsylvania. Now he's not the one who took pictures of himself. No, okay, that's his name is Anthony Weiner, right? Which is which, really unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> really yeah. unfortunate, and also makes it really easy to remember what his alleged crime is. <laughs> and, and by um, the way, I saw so many CNN headlines involving that that could have easily been un. Uh, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Um, anyway, so Rick Santorum is running for president, has officially announced it and everything. And um, one of the things that he's uh, he takes a lot of flack for are his really strong stances and statements about gay marriage. Um, I guess a, a few years ago, he said something about like, you know, if we allow if we allow gay marriage pretty soon, we'll have to allow people to like marry goldfish or something like that. I've, um, heard, I, I've heard that argument from people in my family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, so, not goldfish, but other oh, yeah. non-human yeah. things. Um, <laughs> so he, um, he, so he's come under fire, but he's also probably inadvertently, I doubt he was expecting this, but now he has picked a feud with one of America's most powerful people. Uh, Miley Cyrus oh, has no. begun tweeting what? about how she is opposed to Rick Santorum. Why? Um, she tweets again? Yeah, she's she's back on Twitter. I didn't know she was back. No, you you should follow her. Uh, why? I have no idea. Um, For an insightful political commentary, yeah. Maya. So, apparently, yeah. So she posted like an all caps a quote from Santor that quote from Santorum, and then was like, and then apparently the president of Urban Outfitters is a supporter of Santorum. What? Yeah, that's shocking. Yeah, I know, right? So um, that's shocking. Yeah. So she was like, Urban Outfitters president gave fifteen thousand dollars to this guy, and so it's like opened up this whole whole rift between and Miley Cyrus's fans and Urban Outfitters. Well, Urban slash Rick Santorum. So, I mean, really, it's we not could, like forever 21. <laughs> <laughs> so really, uh, really, Miley Cyrus could be t- uh, 2012's Kingmaker. I think that's what we're looking at. <laughs> it's funny in that how the election cycle is and just how our, you know, pop culture, social media uh, culture is everyone's political opinion is relevant. Yeah, know. You know what I mean? Like there could be some like 80 celebrity, like the guy who played Balky, you know, <laughs> could have a Twitter account and, and, and make some political statement and it would suddenly become national news. Yeah. It doesn't make, it doesn't matter that I, Miley probably can't name more than 12 state capitals. Right. We care. Is she even old enough to vote? We care about what she thinks. I about think the she's candidates. 18 now, right? I think she's 18 now. Oh, yeah, because there was that video of her smoking salvia, and it was apparently okay because she was right. 18. 
Right. Yeah. Right. Well, if you can smoke salvia, we should care what you have to say about the politics. <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying she shouldn't express her opinion, a political opinion, but it's just weird that, like, you know, people care. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and honestly, like, well, the people who care, the, her non-voting age <laughs> young fans, so right. they're all like, We're Urban Outfitters. So it's actually just going to hurt Urban Outfitters more than Sindorum. It's true. So, what do you have, Maya? Um. So one of the things that I hate is people that talk or text. Hate is a strong word. In a movie theater. Oh. Yeah, okay, yeah, I that's hate fair. them too. I can, that's I can use that. I mean, that's like yeah. one of the worst things ever. I yeah. throw things at them. Yeah, I hate them with you the intensity of a thousand times. It's very embarrassing. I post signs. No <laughs> <way>. <laughs> you do. You, no you get them printed out and post them on the walls. I hand it to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't get me started about your old manness. Do, but do I, you carry <laughs> one of those little flashlights like the ushers? Do <laughs> <laughs> you bring that to the movies with you? You wave it at them. I see you. We need to go to concerts together because I've shushed people at shows like hey like and then i feel really guilty for the rest of the show so like i don't make eye contact of course not like me and chad right now yeah so there was there was one it was an arcade fire show they were it was like when their first album came out and they were opening for david byrne from talking heads and like people were like talking the whole thing and finally i was just like hey shh shh and like throughout the show they would like they would keep talking but then they would like get really quiet and I overheard one of them going we don't want to get shushed again it's like, it's like darn right. right darn right you don't right. we'll shush you worse than the talkers is the guy who left his bluetooth oh, thing on his ear and, right and in the back of it is a little flashing oh, blue blink, LED yeah. oh. and he doesn't know it but that thing's lighting up half the auditorium behind them yeah. you know what I mean Anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, like all of this annoys me. Yeah. And I'll, whenever we go to a movie, it seems that we always tend to sit in front of or behind or around people that talk or pull out their phone and they're texting. Um, well, there's a theater in Texas called the Alamo. Of course it is. Draft House. Of, cor- of, course, <laughs> of course it, it is. is. And um, they have since since the 90s they've been made, making their own PSAs that have uh, basically told people, you know, don't talk on your phone, don't blah, blah, blah. Well, they had somebody recently that was in there and she was texting and she'd been warned twice not to um, text because, you know, everyone can see the screen and she got kicked out, which is like, I want to go to this theater, only the theater. Whenever I want to see a movie, I'm And I'm the old man in this scenario. (laughs) You probably secretly fund this theater. (laughs) (laughs) I tweet about them. Yeah. Um, so she, you know, she left, which was fine. She does. You don't get a refund if you get kicked out for this reason. That's right. Too. You don't get a refund. That's right. It's your, it's your fault. Right. You got, you don't get to see the end of the movie. Right. So she later left multiple, uh, profanity <laughs> messages on their voicemail. Well, that'll show them. And then they then used them, uh, in a PSA <laughs> that shows only before rated R films. No <laughs> yes. way. But they have it. And it, it I mean, you can see it if you want to watch it. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's great. And they had somebody back in um, 2009 um, that got kicked out of Where the Wild Things Are. And the guy got so angry that he like punched um, a windshield on the way out. Like someone's windshield in the car <laughs> or someone's car. So I just think uh, it's great that the theater's <laughs> finally standing up to those texters and talkers talkers and see yeah, they don't be, really I don't really have a problem with the texter as long as it, you don't have like the sound on so you like no, no, hear no. the click or beat do you out. ever do you ever sit behind them on the stadium seating i mean that thing is like somebody yeah. shining a flashlight in your face the only time i've ever texted during a movie is when i was in the back row 
that I think would be fun. Yeah. I was in the back row and there were like there were like nine of us and it wasn't a very good movie. It was like that Matt Damon movie, The Informant. It was like nine of us mm-hmm. from work and we were just texting each other the entire movie about how much we didn't like the movie. <laughs> well, then you're not bothering people yeah, behind exactly. you. Exactly. I took some guys from the office back in the day to see uh, Miss Congeniality. Two. Wow. Miss Congeniality two. Oh, no, it was worst. the first one. No, it was two. Wasn't the subtitle of that armed and fabulous? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was two. <laughs> We all left and got our money back. You left? <laughs> we all left within three minutes and got our money back. I felt bad. Well, you should have felt bad. It was miscongeniality is the complaint. <laughs> you just look at the ticket. Apparently, I bought the wrong ticket. <laughs> because this clearly says miscongeniality, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and the movie I went to see was, in fact, miscongeniality. What, what, <laughs> I don't know why they agreed right. what, was the, what was the reason... You gave them to get your money back. It was terrible. I just said, this movie's really bad. Oh. We've left movies just because it's bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> just like, man, this is boring. Let's leave. <laughs> okay. And then you just go up there and tell them and they'll give you your money back. Huh. They don't mm. care. Yeah. Because then they don't pay the theater or oh, the, yeah, the you know, they, anyway. Yeah. Well, that's like yeah. whenever I buy, whenever I go to the ticket counter and they always go, are you a student? And I just look at them and go, I'm a student of life. <laughs> you do not. I say about 50% of the time they give me the discount. <laughs> and they give you the discount? Yeah, that's about awesome. half the time they do. Nice. Well, it's not because, like it's their money. Because yeah. in, in Lynchburg, Virginia is Life University and they think that that's what you're talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Guys, I never bring a slice, but I feel compelled to because of something that just came over my Tumblr feed. <clears throat> and it's the track list for the new Coldplay album. So I'm just going to uh, read this down to you. Uh-oh. Okay? Uh-oh. <laughs> this is true. Track one, your love is a raw quinoa salad. Track that, no. Track no. two. No, that is not track real. Two, this has to be fake. Track two, wouldn't this make a better United Airlines theme song than Gershwin? Track three, every teardrop is a waterfall. Track four, I thought of this on a Gulfstream seven. <laughs> no. Track six, here's a song for hotel lobbies. And track seven, when I'm at Pinkberry. That is not what? real. That's no way. Like that is from GQ. Yeah, it's fake. That has to that's, be fake. Uh, it's a satire. It has to be. I thought of this on a Gulfstream <laughs> 7. <laughs> when I'm at Pinkberry. Come on. That's a, it's a joke. Chris Martin and company. <laughs> it's a joke. That's a joke. We have a lot to be uh, anticipating. <laughs> okay, well, on that note, that'll wrap up Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Sunlux. listening to Isley. The song is Smarter. It's from their new album, The Valley. Sunlux is actually 32-year-old producer Ryan Lott, who uh, decided to take on the name Sunlux as his kind of performance persona, rather than his producer persona. He released an album in 2009, critically acclaimed, called At War With Walls and Mazes. This year, he agreed to NPR's RPM challenge, which was to write and record an entire album from start to finish this past February. 10 tracks or 35 minutes of music in four short weeks. The album features contributions from My Brightest Diamonds, Shara Worden, The Antlers, Peter Silberman, Midlake, and DM Stith. The new album, We Are Rising, is available through his band camp at music.sunluxmusic.com or on Amazon and iTunes. Ryan Ham recently spoke to him, and here is our spotlight on Sunlux. Are we bursting from the ashes? 
all things yearning for the push can you hear the ever groaning shedding hours we have become We really want to talk about the new album, uh, We Are Rising. It's great, but what a lot of our listeners might not know is that like, it was originally conceived of as an NPR project. Could you talk a little bit about that? Well, that's sort of correct. <laughs> um, I, it, actually, the truth is that it was done on sort of a dare, um, and the dare uh, came from uh, a producer over at NPR. But the challenge was issued originally by a small magazine based in New Hampshire called The Wire. Not the not the one based in the UK, but um okay. and they coined it the RPM challenge. And it began several years ago and each year it's sort of grown exponentially. It's sort of an a thing where uh, it's an open challenge to songwriters to basically get off their couches and make that record they've been wanting to make. Um, it grew over the years and um it's become quite a phenomenon and NPR basically just wanted to cover NPR music wanted to cover this phenomenon and uh, they just had the you know the idea wouldn't it be sweet if we you know actually followed a musician doing this hmm. who's, who's, a, who's a musician we, we really like and uh, that's uh, that's due <laughs> that's overdue for a record uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so they they hit me up and um explain the situation and, and you know yeah I just thought wow this is really cool but unfortunately there's no way no way I could do this I've got like two full time jobs and fortunately I was wrong I could do it <laughs> <laughs> leave the riches take the bones I'm ready to be robbed on uh, We Are Rising, I felt like it was a little bit more hopeful than your first album, and um, I guess I just was curious if that was like an intentional shift, or if uh, that's just kind of like the place you're at. In yeah, life. you know, I think part, partly that um, it's, hard to, it's hard to measure um, the impact of, of making music as a group has on, on, on your output, on the product, but that is sort of, my, I guess that was, that is my, my feeling that the, the sound of the record and the brighter sound of the record is as a result of the fact that I was making it with friends. Hmm. And it was so, like, ridiculously fun hmm. to do that the music, I couldn't help but, like, make music that felt like it was, you know, surging forward with, like, lots of positive energy. One other thing, and I mean, I hope I'm not re- reading too much into this, but um, like the, I mean, the title track, I mean, uses a lot of resurrection imagery and like you've used a lot of spiritual imagery in the past um, on your yeah. album. Like, how do you, how do you write with Christian themes without being totally cheesy? Well, I wouldn't necessarily say that, that I write with Christian themes. Um, 
the way I think is definitely like I try to think like in on, in spiritual terms, um, in that I feel like we as humans, not just Christians, not just Muslims, mm-hmm. whatever, but like we as humans are in some crazy way uh, spirit as much as we are flesh, mm-hmm. and maybe more. And I think music is like this weird veil between the two, or it can be. not just music, but 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 art. Right. Um, in that it sort of like calls out to the flesh from the spirit and also the other direction in particular I feel like rhythm that like you feel in your body sort of like reaches out into your spirit <laughs> through that veil and so that's how I think of music I don't really think in like conveying any sort of themes mm-hmm. but I feel like that there are certain themes that are like the theme of resurrection, which is a version of of second chances, mm-hmm. yeah. of uh, of forgiveness. Like they're all sort of wrapped up in they're wrapped up in inseparable. And I feel like if you can tap into like, uh, or what I what I try to do is to tap into very universal concepts that I feel like anyone can bring their own experience to it. And and really for me, that is super important um, because I feel like. In making the music at all, I've said enough. Um, and if, if if it's a house with locked doors and locked windows that you can't even get into unless you understand the theme, I'm I'm absolutely not interested. Hmm. So I would much rather uh, make a beautiful house with with uh, doors off the hinges mm-hmm. and windows open wide that where people can experience it, get into that house and enjoy it from whatever perspective they're they're coming from. You know what they draw from it. Um, is going to be just as much about their own life experience, which has, which has nothing to do with me. Right, right. Um, and so I can't control that, nor do I really want to, because I feel like the, at the intersection of someone's personal experience and and my music, that's where something really beautiful happens. Mm-hmm. It's half them and half me. And then it, at that point, it becomes, it becomes something else entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing that fascinates me. When I make music, I try to be as honest as possible. I mean, I I don't really think about how it's going to come across and whether I'm communicating clearly. I just want to communicate honestly. That may be cheesy to someone. It, Hmm. It may be like the opposite of cheesy. But in the end, I have to be completely honest with myself. That, 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 I think that's the kind of music that's, that, that's really going to winnow into people's hearts right. and stay there. Right. You know, otherwise, it's just you know kind of entertainment or indie the sound, which is which is fine. But yeah, so me, that's like make it as beautiful as possible, <laughs> make it as honest as possible. That's, that's kind of my two rules. We are That was Sunlux. Check out more at sunluxmusic.com.
You're listening to Mr. Little Jeans. The song is The Suburb. The Suburbs. It's an arcade fire cover. Uh, you can download the song for free at recordlabel.com, which is a song, uh, site that I really like a lot. Uh, it's rcrdlbl.com. It's the home of a ton of remixes and free tracks. New song every day. New song every day. It's a really great site. Teacher and author Francis Chan made waves recently for leaving his megachurch and heading to Asia to follow God's call. Uh, we actually did a story on him in, on the cover of New, our magazine for church leaders. He's back now. He's returned and has entered one of the most controversial debates in modern Christianity. What are Christians supposed to think about hell? His new book called Erasing Hell is due out in July, and it takes on the current conversation with Chan's characteristic grace and candor. Our very own Josh Loveless recently spoke to Chan about the book and a lot more. Here is part of that interview. Last time we talked, uh, you quit your job, you were headed to another country. Uh, it seemed like you wanted to step out of the spotlight for a little bit. Um, yeah. was, the, was the plan to return to writing and speaking this quickly all along, or did something shift in you while you were away? Hmm. Well, um, I don't know if you know this about me, but I don't plan a lot. <laughs> I kind of... Uh, I, and, and especially lately, I, I really believe I can, I want to be careful I word this, but I, I just get a sense of what God's leading me toward. Um, and I feel like it's been clearer and clearer lately. And so I didn't really have a plan of jumping back into the spotlight. I mean, I knew I, I had uh, committed to speak at the Passion Conference in January, so I knew I was coming back for that. But um I really had no clue because right before that we were in Hong Kong and we're looking at apartments and schools and just thinking, okay, this is it. This is where we're staying. I, I sensed a calling there and then it was more of a no, there's a couple things I still want to do in the States before I go or hmm. not, not that I want to, but I really felt like God wanted me to uh, pursue a couple of things. So I came back and then here I am. Do you think as far as the book goes, is there is there any coincidence that you have a book coming out right after Rob Bell's book on hell? Um, or is yeah. this a, a specific and intentional response to what he's written and put together? Yeah, you, you know, it, it definitely was spurred on after reading his book. I, uh, you know, some new thoughts for me and praying through those and, uh, you know, just a range of emotions as I read the book. and. But one thing for sure, it made me study again and go, gosh, I, I'm not so sure about some things anymore. And as I studied and as I got into it, I just felt like, you know what, I need to write something to this issue. And so that that definitely got the ball rolling for me as far as thinking. And so I'm very grateful for that because hell isn't something I normally think about or I, I almost try not to think about it. And uh, But then as I was uh, thinking through these thoughts, I realized, you know, this is a topic we avoid and there really isn't um, a lot written on the topic, at least to the mainstream. Sure. Um, so I just felt like God wanted me to write something about it.
do you are you more concerned about how Christians are are talking about this, or or how non Christians would, as a result, um, embrace a, a false reality? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm most concerned about the the people who don't believe. Sure. And uh, that they may have more of a passive um, attitude toward it, or answer real flippantly, like, "Yeah, I'm probably going to have it. I'm a good person," or or we'll all get there, or something along those lines, and uh, and it breaks my heart. I, I want to somehow, if, if I have any type of influence or ability to get them to think and just study the, the Bible for themselves and just consider, like, this is a big, big deal. And so if there's even anyone that I can uh, influence in that way, I just feel like I've got to try I asked Rob this, and so I wanted to ask you, I, do you think there's any chance after all this research that you still could be wrong with the position that you're taking? Of course. I, I mean, I could be wrong about salvation. I, I could be wrong about a lot of things. Um, and I think that's what's made me sick through the whole process. Because I realize I don't want to put when I put something in print, that's a big deal to me. Yeah. And I, I've, I've said things that are wrong, and I want to be very, very careful. Because if I if I tell someone there's a hell and there really isn't, uh, I've really ruined their lives. Mm. Uh, they, they they carry this unnecessary burden mm. for the whole time they're here on this earth. Um, I slander God. So, and at the same time, if I say there is no hell and there is, you know, by the time people figure it out, the ones that I've convinced, uh, I don't even want to think about the consequences of it. So, so it, it's, it's it really, I, I don't know of a better word than sickening or sobering mm. this whole process. I, I was, I've tried to do my best and also realizing I have limitations. Like I said, I'm a simple guy and there are people who think at a, a level that's deeper than mine. And so I recruited a friend of mine who, uh, my friend Preston, um, he's got, he got his doctorate out of Aberdeen. He's, you know, the greatest guy though, just his heart. He's not looking for a fight. He just wants truth. Yeah. And I think sometimes we just want to win an argument or something. And I don't want to win an argument. I, I just... I'm not trying to prove anything. I just want to know, okay, what, what is, and, and Preston was that type of guy for me, a friend like that. And so we wrote this together and then we sent it off to a bunch of uh, PhD guys, you know, a lot of, a lot of thoughts. And we sent it off to guys of varying opinions and because I wanted to hear back because again, I'm, I'm one guy. And so could I be wrong? Absolutely. Have I, do I feel like I've done everything I can? Um, Obviously, we can all try harder, but I I, right. I, I worked pretty hard on this one, and I right. I prayed pretty hard on this one, and I I'm praying that this is right the the whole time, every day. Lord, don't let me say anything. Don't let me write anything that's not true about you. I don't want to get this wrong. Please, 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 don't let me say anything about you that isn't true. All I know is that's been my prayer, and that's what I've been pursuing and I'm trying to get rid of any human desire or want of anything. Oh God, I, I want this. I don't want to communicate anything about you that's not true, especially in this area. 
Do you feel like you have anything that you want to say that you've been living with, thinking about that, you know, it's the reason why, I mean, the positive spin for someone like you on, you know, on the publicity side is that you get a chance to say some things that, you know, uh, that instead of allowing other people to speak on your behalf, you're, you're having a chance to do it for yourself. Is there anything specific that you're going to want to get out there? You want people to know before they read this, when they read this? other than what you've said already? Yeah, I, I guess I... The book doesn't come out for another month or so. Right. And we're, we're rushing. We're trying to get everything done in time and everything else. Um, and there'll be a lot of conversations between now and then. And, and I just... I really ask people to, to pray, to study the Word for themselves. Um, really study deeply the Word of God on this issue. I, I don't... I don't pretend to have the final word on anything. Um, I'm just trying to continue the conversation. I I also want you to know that uh, I I disagree with some of the things that that Rob Bell has written, and um, and I've talked to him about it. I want you to know that I love him. I I probably love him more now than I ever have. I. I we, we've had good conversations. He doesn't say that he has the last word on anything. I don't claim to have the last word on anything. I, I'm, I'm encouraging people, study, study, study. Here's uh, some things that I see, some concerns I have, but I'm one person and you don't want to put your your trust in, uh, not on something like this. Don't, don't you dare put your trust in me. Um, but I'm just trying to bring some things to light and then you've got to study and you've got to seek God with all of your heart. Did, and, you, t- uh, did you tell Rob yeah. you had a book coming out? No, I told him that I was going to respond to some of these things and honestly when we talked I wasn't even sure. I wasn't sure if I was going to write a book. Um, I'd started and then when we were talking I was like questioning myself even more yeah. as I was trying to understand his perspective and um, so I, I never told him. I mean, I guess I could tell him now. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I want people to understand, though, we, we have a responsibility to, to love everyone and seek the best for everyone. And I don't, I don't see that in a lot of people. And, um, and I appreciate the time on the phone with Rob, you know, emails, just cordial, loving, and let's, let's figure this thing out. And yet we... We land differently on some issues, but uh, I'm I'm praying. I am praying that I don't get anything wrong. That was Francis Chan. To actually see the complete interview, we videoed it. Go to this week's podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com or visit relevant.tv. listening to my morning jacket the song is victory dance from their new album circuital everyone should have a morning jacket once they walk around in their coffee and well stuff said. it's not a robe it's shorter but not like the middle robe it's even shorter than that so see so you wear you pants should, you should wear pants well that's the problem <laughs> that's the problem is i don't <laughs>
<laughs> I always get confused when I put them on. Well, that's why there's the no pants one. Or it's not? really awkward for the neighbors when I go out and get the newspaper. <laughs> that's why there's no band called My Morning Pants. They don't exist. Um, okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week we asked you what are some job ideas for celebrities after they're no longer famous right. and they need to get a real job, um, like like we're anticipating for the situation right. in about ten years. <laughs> um, so you went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and posted your ideas there. Here are a few of our favorites. Uh, Ida said that the the cast members of shows like Glee, Gossip Girl, 90210, Pretty Little Liars, etc. can all grow up and take psychology courses so they can be high school counselors when their show go off the, goes off the air. Um, they can... Uh, counsel students over things like love, sex, drug addiction, eating disorder, and even murder mysteries. <laughs> I was going to say, do you have, do you think any of those cast members know how high school really works? I, I yeah, it, I, you wonder if a lot of them just did the um, you know tutor thing. Like like I've seen some episodes of Gossip Girl, and like I'm just going to say, I don't think there's any place, any high school in the world where like a 16 year old just walks into a bar and orders a martini, and no one bats an eye. Like that's, yeah. yeah. Wait, let's go back to the beginning of that. Anecdote. That I've seen a few episodes of Gossip Girl. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it Have was you also the, seen Miss Congeniality? <laughs> no. Okay. It was from the whenever it first came on. They're like from the creators of the OC, which I think is a great show and will continue to defend. Uh, and then it turned out to be nothing like the OC because it wasn't self-aware and ironic. The OC was self-aware and ironic. Oh yeah. There was a show within a show that made fun of itself all the time. What are you talking about? Like they watched a show. They watched themselves? a show called The Valley that was like the exact same thing as the OC and they made fun of it constantly. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Mark Sanchez listens to our podcast. Go Jets. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear. And <laughs> yeah. I wish him well. I wish him well in these offseason workouts. So. Right, right. Thank you, Mark. So he uh, also had a... Um, an experience like Cameron of being at a place where they had autographs for cash. And he said, he heard a guy yelling, I killed uncle Ben and I'll do it again. He said, he kept sitting over there. So he finally walked over this guy and it was the guy who killed uncle Ben in the first Spider-Man movie. And he would sign autographs for $3 and the picture was him with Tobey Maguire. And, um, he, he also had one where that is a low rung autograph. He also, I know. He also had a thirteen you, inch TV slash DVD combo replaying only the scene of him killing Uncle Ben and nothing else. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so awkward. When yeah. you're having to do when you're a pitch man for to, to convince people to come over and care about your autograph. Oh wow, yeah, that is really sad. And it's you know like a lot of people saw Spider Man. You know? Right. Yeah. And like everyone, you know, if you saw his little DVD player, you're like, oh, I remember that scene. And you're like, oh, you're the guy. That's cool. <laughs> Tim, I'm not going to give you eight bucks. Though. <laughs> Tim, Tim said uh, Lady Gaga could open a diner that serves the world's largest omelets. Mm. Uh, Obviously referencing her recent egg oh, dress. Oh, her egg dress. Yeah. Well, yeah. Bra- along the same line, Brainer Fisher suggested that Lady Gaga become a butcher. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, well, that, that'll do it for this week's feedback. There's more. If you want to go check them out, head over to last week's podcast episode page. You can even uh, continue the conversation if you want. Uh, okay, it's time for this week's... Editorial question of the week. Okay, so earlier in the podcast, uh, we got reminiscing about church special music segments. Maya's looking at me like we're crazy because your Lutheran church didn't have this. 
Yeah, not really. Yeah, a lot of people grew up in well, Baptist. my small Baptist church sure did. Baptist, <laughs> non-denom, Assembly of God. Like, I, during I the offering, during the offering, they, sure. you know, uh, some lady in the church who really deemed herself a great singer. Yeah. Oh, no, we off. had those. There was yeah. a tons of vibrato, I, too. We, girl, friends of ours, we did that. We, like, love and learning language. We did oh, it with yeah. sign language in yeah. front of everyone. Yeah. I remember first service, I mean, we, we rocked it out. We were really proud. Second service, none of us could hit the same note. It was horrible. Wait, you hit a note with sign language? No, well, we were singing it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Although that would be pretty amazing to get up there to do special music and you just do, you sign the whole thing and never <laughs> sing a word, even though it's on split track. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We, as a stipulation to this question of the week, I know for a firsthand fact, there are lots of hilarious videos on, on, on YouTube of this. <laughs> and, and if there are some funny audio that would accompany it, a, a link would be fun. I haven't asked the question yet. So it says we were talking about it. We want to know from you. We want to hear your uh, presidential best. nominee for the Republican, <laughs> for the Republican Party. Combat Miley Cyrus. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we want to submit your suggestions to the Republican Party. For No, we want to know your best uh, memories, your best stories of special songs uh, at church or chapel yeah. growing up. Because um, I know firsthand that Jesse has like 30 more chapel stories yeah. and I think we need to roll those out. <laughs> mm. um, I was going to say it's a special birthday treat. Um, so my, <laughs> you're eating the ham. Right yeah. Uh, so, so my, like my, my parents are missionaries. Um, so whenever I was a kid, this we would do the thing where we came back to the States and like toured around churches and everything. And like, you know, would go to see supporters and all that stuff. Uh, when I was 10 years old, uh, we had not only a slide presentation, like all good missionaries did, but we also had the special music. Oh like Fire. song that we would do in every <laughs> church we went. So Jesse, find that YouTube video. Yeah. Oh, I so picture uh 10 year old Ryan uh, with uh, my sister who was seven at the time. And then my parents singing Twyla Paris's carry the light in oh, the churches around the country. And my parents would date. We would all sing the chorus. My parents would harmonize. Uh, my parents would take the first verse and then my sister and I split the second. <laughs> That's that's precious. Yeah. That is a birthday present. You know, I, you. I picture it like that scene in Step Brothers where they're driving in the SUVs. <laughs> like yeah, when you're going to like, the next church, like that's your SUV. Yeah, we would have to rehearse, and yeah, it was. Uh, it I imagine was your parents like the Saturday Night Live, Will Ferrell, and the other girl that did the church yeah. church music. Yeah. It, it's one of those things that if I bring up to my parents now, they feel really guilty. So they they're just like, "We are so sorry." <laughs> it's like it's okay. <laughs> nice. It's amazing that that actually like it's not just a an observing story. No. You live that story. I mean, lived you took it. part in it. That's I amazing. lived special music. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was quite literally your entire childhood was special music. <laughs> Pretty much. That's awesome. They used to, uh, this is bad, but I know we're used, they used to, uh, they, they might, they may still do this, like film the chapel services uh -huh. and then like broadcast them live to a handful of, no, you know, no, they, stations or it, whatever. Uh, Jesse, it's been amplified. Uh, ORU now has its own channel on DirecTV. <laughs> so, oh, wow. So is, that, all, you, is that for real? Yes. yes yeah, all all the Eagle Broadcasting Network. All, all chapel services are broadcast live and on repeat. Mm-hmm pretty heavily on this channel. <laughs> well, we used to, like, the, at the time, I don't know how it is now, there was, like, the, the student media department would, like, run, would be, like, the camera operators, and they yep. have, like, these big, like, jib arms that would come and, like, you know, 
cut back and forth from either like the sermon or like the music and like get people in the audience, you know? So, uh, if either, if you knew someone running the camera or if you saw it like kind of pointing your way, like everyone would just look down and look really emotional and contemplative (laughs) and and, and have the person beside you, like hit your arm when you knew the camera's on you look right at the camera and just do the most insane face you've ever (laughs) done. That's the the people out watching. (laughs) That's awesome. All right, so we want to hear your best uh, special music uh, stories. Go over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and post them there. If you want to uh, tell us your story live on the podcast, we can call you. Just email us at podcast at relevantmagazine.com and tell us your Skype name, and we'll work it out. Uh, On that note, we'll wrap up the podcast. Many thanks to Francis Chan for talking to us. Uh, you can see the complete interview on this week's episode podcast episode page or visit relevant.tv. Uh, you can find out more about his new book, Erasing Hell, due out in July at francischan.org. And thanks to Sunlux for talking to us. His new album, We Are Rising, is available through his band camp, music.sunluxmusic.com or on Amazon and iTunes. Check out more at sunluxmusic.com. Well, I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya String. I'm Ryan Ham. I'm Jesse Carey. And that's Chad Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com. Whenever I go to the ticket counter and they always go, are you a student? I always look at them and go, I'm a student of life.